You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Steven Dorf, and alongside me is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. We're also on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. On today's show, we're coming back to you with another installment of our Top 10 by Position series. We're going to cover the small forward positions for this Top 10 list. And as always, we use basketball reference to determine... Uh, you know, who plays what position. So if you see someone like Kevin Durant not on this list, he was on our power forwards list because that's what basketball reference has them had him listed as. Uh, with that being said, I also, as always, want to mention, like, we love your feedback. We want to hear what you guys say. And like, remember, this list is our opinion, our combined, you know, opinions that we, you know, came together and put out. So that that's kind of also we'd love to see you kind of, you know, come back and feedback uh, with stuff on our social media. Uh, but let's get into it, Hirsch. You want to get us into our honorable mentions? Yeah. So I mean, I think we have a a good good uh, group of guys here for the honorable mentions. We don't have to go through them all super in depth, but we have you know a group of four young players, all with a ton of potential. Um, you know, Franz Wagner from the Magic, Michael Porter Jr., uh, who just won a championship with the Nuggets. R.J. Barrett from the Knicks, and then obviously Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors, uh, Rookie of the Year. All four of these guys definitely have potential to, you know, skyrocket in these rankings depending on, you know, how they play going forward. Uh, You know, Michael Porter Jr. winning a championship, showing up in the playoffs. uh, I think that really, you know, raised his stock in the NBA community and, you know, made a lot of people really think about him as, 
you know, a pretty valuable piece. Um, a lot, I mean, everyone kind of knows what Scotty Barnes can do with his, you know, defense and his playmaking and just his, his versatility all over the court. And then, yeah, from what I've been seeing from, from Franz Wagner in his first couple seasons, I think it's, you know, really promising for the magic. I think they have a solid one, two punch there with Paolo and Franz. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's a good group of guys around the honorable mentions, like seeing a lot of youth coming into this list. Um, because there is a lot of veterans, you know, it's kind of top heavy with veterans, but a lot of youth coming in through the ranks. I, I, I like to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with those four guys, you could kind of group them up into that same category of, you know, they have a lot of potential and they're rising stars per se. Uh, and I think that, you know, realistically next year, we could be talking about those four guys in our top 10. So that's why we have them in the honorable mentions. They're right on the fringe of this top 10, but not quite. Uh, let's start out with the number 10 small forward we had was OG Ananobi from the uh, Toronto Raptors. He was a lottery pick uh, like six, seven years ago. And he he's, he's shown a lot of growth throughout his NBA career being someone who played at Indiana as, you know, a defender, mostly known for an, an athlete. And he's really, really turned into this two-way like wing. He can hit threes. Like I said, he can play really, really good defense. I believe he led the league in steals. Um, Just a really solid player. Hirsch, I mean, what, what do you have? I know you didn't necessarily want to put OG on this list, but what, what do you have to say about OG on an OB? Yeah, you know, I like him as a player. Uh, that was one of the guys, you know, me and you had kind of uh, a slight disagreement on, but I kind of sided with you, decided, you know, he we could put him on there over a guy like Franz Wagner uh, just based off of the experience. And like you mentioned, you know, that growth over the seasons, you know, just consistently getting better. Uh, I mean, obviously we've seen him on some like playoff teams before where he's been like a versatile defender to come in and get stops for you. Um, and last year, you know, we even saw him become more consistent with his shooting. You know, he's getting five rebounds a game, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely a fan of OG Ananobi. I uh, love, uh, love the player as a whole. And I think with OG, it's like if if you if we we all remember what happened with Mikal Bridges, he went from being a role player on the Phoenix Suns to being the number one guy on the the Brooklyn Nets. And when you look at the Raptors, I mean they're clogged with forwards and wings: Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, guys like that. And I think if you gave OG Ananobi his own team per se, or like his own role, honestly just where he can be the main wing. I think we would see his numbers go up and I think we would, we'd see him rise on this list. I a hundred percent agree. Um, let's go into number nine on the list. Uh, we have Andrew Wiggins uh, from the Warriors, a uh, little bit of a rocky start to his career, but recently on his little stint with the Warriors, he's, you know, he's definitely been playing the best basketball of his career uh, being an all-star starter was huge for him. And then, you know, also him being that, you know, second or third best player uh, to beat the Celtics last year in the championship, you know, really kind of skyrocketed him back into kind of where people thought he would be when he was drafted with that number one pick. Um, but yeah, you know, Andrew Wiggins, I, I, I really like how his, you know, his career arc has kind of turned out. Uh, he's fought through a lot of adversity to got to get to where he needs to be, but I think he he has a great role on this Warriors team. I think he's like perfect for what they need, uh, both offensively and defensively. And I think he fits like 
like all like like a glove next to Steph Curry. So uh, those are kind of my thoughts on on Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins has been someone who, yeah, definitely came into the league. I mean, he won rookie of the year. You know, people were excited about the guy. He was one of the, you know, best or one of the better prospects in recent, you know, NBA history. I know they say that year in, year out, but, you know, they called this guy Maple Jordan, this, that. And I think having those expectations going into the NBA, you know, he people expected him to come in and be an all-star day one, be an MVP caliber guy. And he never quite lived up to that, but he still averages like 20 a game on his 19 points a game on his career. He's finally found a role. He's found efficiency with the Warriors. He takes much smarter shots now. Uh, I think number nine is a really solid spot for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I don't really think there's much debate on him being moved up or down on this list, uh, especially as we move into number eight. Uh, Chicago Bull, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, we we know what he's been doing. He's been he's been an all-star in this league for for nearly a decade at this point. Uh, mid-range assassin. He's one of the best mid-range uh, shooters in the entire league history. Uh, putting up 24 and a half a game last year, sprinkling in some rebounds and some assists. Uh, he's been shown to play make, especially his days on the Spurs when he was one of their primary ball handlers. And then obviously his time on the Raptors, he was, you know, a bona fide all-star at that point of his career. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, you know, a really effective player. I'd love to see him in some more meaningful games because I think he's, you know, a pretty electric playoff player as well. Um, not not very much room for him to necessarily be moved up or down on this list. I mean, maybe you could argue a spot or two up, maybe, but I think it'd be difficult. Um, yeah, I'm just DeMar DeRozan, you know, veteran. He has, he has a lot to offer to the Bulls. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought he'd be moved possibly just because you know, that core really hasn't done anything in that that time period that it's been put together with Vucevic and, you know, Lonzo being injured as well as, you know, Zach Levine. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think DeMar slots perfectly at number eight. And I think, you know, he's it, – it, it's, it's been pretty impressive to see him, you know, keep up this level of play for so long. Absolutely. And I think, like, you know, you said, we you know, you could move him up a couple slots. And I think what does, you know, kind of hold him back from being maybe in that top five small forward uh, category is his inability to shoot the three-pointer in a league where as a wing, you need to be a three-point shooter. And when I say like you need to be a three-point shooter, I mean, you just look at, you know, the past five years, wings, the, the championship level wings are the ones that can shoot threes and, you know, hit them at a very high efficiency as well as, you know, play defense and score. DeRozan, again, isn't one of the best defenders, and he's he's just a really, really great mid-range offensive piece. And I think that that is kind of what holds him back from being in that top five category because he, you know, when you look at his stat line, I mean, he's putting up all-star numbers year in, year out. But there are just a couple of flaws to his game that I think puts him behind the guys we have ahead of him. Yeah, and it's no it's no detriment to him as a player. I think he's still a very, very effective player. I just think there is, you know, definitely some certain things that can hold him back and can make it so defenses, you know, maybe have an easier time defending him. Uh, moving into number seven, uh, your Milwaukee Buck, Chris Middleton, back on his uh, back on his extension. He put up a uh, somewhat of a down year last year. Uh, but again, he was injured for the majority of the season, kind of just getting back to his, you know, former self. And we saw that kind of a lot uh, in the playoffs, especially 
uh, with Middleton, you know, being one of our most effective players throughout. Uh, but yeah, I just, I really like him. Uh, clear champion. Uh, you know, there's, there's just not a lot, not, not much else to say about Chris other than the fact that, you know, he, he slots in perfectly next to Giannis. He's that perfect number two, honestly, maybe even a number three, depending on, you know, the night, depending on Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, what Chris has to offer, uh, his size, his shooting, the fact that he's a three level scorer and can score from anywhere on the court. Uh, his use of mismatches as well, and you know his his mid range fadeaway on the baseline makes him pretty deadly. So yeah, I think Middleton slots in perfect at number seven. Uh, not much argument for him to be moved up, but I think you know seven's perfect for him. Absolutely, I think Chris Middleton. I mean, again, when you when we look at his you know just raw numbers this year, fifteen points a game, uh, five assists, four rebounds. You know the points were down a lot. His efficiencies were down a lot, but he played thirty three games this year. He had the the hand injury and then his knee was lingering all year. So uh, the one thing we saw, though, is in his first, I think it was 12 or 15 games, his numbers were horrendous. He looked like he hadn't played basketball in a year. And as he progressed on in the last 12 to 15 games of the season, his numbers, went, his averages went up, his efficiencies went up. And then in the playoffs, like you said, he looked a lot more like the old Chris Middleton. Looked a little slower on defense, but I mean, he's getting older, so that's kind of to be expected. But as an offensive guy, I mean, he's a, a jack of all trades who just happens to shoot 40% from three on his best years. No, 100%. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, and I'm, ha- I'm I'm truly happy that the Bucks brought him back. I know there's some, you know, rumblings that he could possibly be going elsewhere in free agency. I never really thought that was a possibility. And I'm just happy we have him back. Uh, moving into number six, I think is a super, you know, interesting player, uh, especially where he is on the list. I think there's definitely some argument for him to be moved up, but that player would be Brandon Ingram from the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I think he had a career high last year in points per game. Um, and, you know, his just his play on the court is just the way the way that he the way that he moves around. He reminds me a lot of, you know, kind of Kevin Durant like. Uh, very, very slim player, but is able to, you know, get to his spots, get a shot up, uh, has a good three-pointer, and is also a solid, you know, playmaker as well as, you know, rebounder. He can he can fill up the stat sheet any night. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm just, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan personally. I like the youth, um, and I think, you know, Brandon Ingram as a player, he definitely has room to grow on this list and I could see him being in that top five, maybe even top four category in the next couple seasons. Absolutely. Brandon Ingram is just like the mod, like the ideal modern day small forward. I mean, he's tall, he's lengthy, he can shoot, he can defend, he can pass again. He's just, he's just this all around type of player. Uh, I mean, you basically put it perfectly. So I, I think that there is room for Brandon Ingram to continue to grow as a player and to rise on this list. Even right now, I think there are guys that you can move him ahead of. But, you know, just for the sake of it, we had to keep him at six. Uh, We thought this was a good spot for him. Uh, And we're going to take a quick ad break. We're going to come back with the top five small forwards. And, yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf and alongside me is Hershey Winkleman. We're covering the top 10 small forwards. Uh, let's move on to number five, Hirsch. Uh, we got Paul George, number five. Uh, he's been, you know, one of the big names in the NBA, uh, Brandon, one of Brandon Miller's favorite players, obviously you saw, he said that that's his goat, Paul George, uh, he's had a, he's had a quite the career. I mean, a superstar in Indiana. Then he has the ankle injury goes to play in Oklahoma city, has a career year there, uh, was a top three in MVP. And now he finds himself on the Clippers and, the thing is that he hasn't played as much as we'd like to see him play on those, you know, he hasn't played as much as he's played on the the Thunder or the Pacers. But when he does play, he's still, I mean, he's a prolific all-star. He does basically everything you'd possibly want in an NBA player. In my eyes, he's like the ideal number two star to have. And the only thing really holding him back right now is the injury history. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, and, He's kind of along the lines of, you know, his teammate, but the, the lack of of ability to to be on the to stay on the court and to be on the court for their team is, is I think is the biggest detriment to Paul George. I mean, when he's on the court, like you mentioned, there there's really no flaw. I mean, he's able to do everything that you ask of him. He can hit the deep three, he can hit the he can hit the mid-range, he can drive to the rim. We've seen him poster people. He can play a really good defense. You know, he's a very, very good defender um, and has the ability to, you know, play, make and set his teammates up as well. So I think all of those things are super important in a wing. And I think Paul George, like you said, is the ideal player to have on your team to win a championship, which is honestly crazy to say that Paul George has never even made it to the finals in his career um, and has only made it to the conference finals, I believe, twice. So... Paul George, you know, we're, we're definitely want him to, to stay on the court. We want to see him play. And, you know, we, we hope uh, for a good season out of him. He's definitely one of my favorite players ever to watch. Um, one of the players that honestly got me, you know, super into the NBA growing up. Loved watching Paul George, you know, kind of blossom into the player, especially on Indiana. And, you know, I, I always root for the guy. I just, you know, hope he can stay on the court because his injuries are just, it's a huge problem for him. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a lot like the next guy who's, you know, could, could has, has, has the argument to be number one on the list if he plays, but that's his, that's his teammate, Kawhi Leonard, who we, I mean, we've talked about it plenty on the podcast already, but th- this guy literally is like looking for ways not to play, it seems. And for when, when, when you're getting paid over $30 million on a maximum contract and people are coming and spending their money every night to watch you on the court and you're not showing up. I think that's a huge problem. We all know what Kawhi Leonard can produce when he's on the court. He's one of the, still one of the best on ball defenders in the league still has an unbelievable mid range and can score from anywhere. Uh, He's like a robotic killer when he plays, but the problem is that that's the questions when he plays and he doesn't play. Um, we even saw him, you know, in the playoffs. He had one like really great game, and then that that was it. Like that is all he could offer for his team. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so when you have the guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who both are basically the same position and can both offer you nearly the exact same production. I mean, they're both av- they both averaged 23.8 points per game last year with six rebounds. And I mean, Paul George was, was a better playmaker, but they're, they're giving you nearly identical production. So if you had them both on the court, I think that's why a lot of people thought, you know, when they first got together that, wow, this Clippers team is going to be a perennial contender and they're going to, you know, we're definitely going to see them in the finals at some point. So, you know, I would like to see both of these guys actually stay on the court for a full season and actually play through the playoffs. I think that would be, you know, a sight to see. Um, and I, I would root for that. I just don't necessarily know how realistic that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you put it pretty well. I, I think that with Kawhi, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to play as much since his days on the Spurs, essentially. Um, we'd love to see we'd love to see him out there. But yeah, again, uh, one of my biggest like abilities, you know, is, is availability. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George haven't shown that for what for one reason or another. Injuries are injuries suck like they're the worst but you have to knock these guys down to the guys who do play like and if if we move on to the number three Jalen Brown I think that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are very very like they're they might even be better players than Jalen Brown but it's close enough to the point where Jalen Brown plays almost every night that I can confidently put Jalen Brown ahead of him because I know what he's going to give me every night so with that being said number three Jalen Brown uh on the Celtics, he had a really, really good year. He gave you 26 and a half a game. Um, and then all this praise people were talking about, is Jalen Brown better than Jason Tatum? Is Jalen Brown a top 15 player? And then the playoffs come, and then he gets exposed because he can't dribble with his left hand. And I think that right there holds him back from being one of the best players in the league. Alongside, he does show a little bit of inconsistency. Uh, he'll have games where he puts up, he'll give you 40, and then he'll have games where he takes five shots or seven shots. So I think with Jalen Brown, the big thing with him is that we want to see him be you know aggressive every night instead of just some nights. But he's a really, really great defender, great scorer. I mean, he again, he's, these all these guys are just like the exact type of like wing you'd want in today's NBA. Yeah, 100%. I think you made a great point. Um, you know, at any point, I think you could argue that Kawhi Leonard or Paul George is better than him on the court. But like you mentioned, his ability to simply stay on the court and stay healthy it has him this high on the list. Uh, some people may be surprised at Jalen Brown being a number three on the small forwards list. But, you know, that's that's where we decided that he fits. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, him just. His 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 def, definitely aggressiveness is the one of the main things, but also his ability to dribble, like you mentioned, has become a huge flaw. He's you know he's getting clowned on social media for it, um, especially you know with him just getting that massive contract, the biggest one in NBA history, uh, that might put a little bit bit of pressure on him, you know, to perform to the to that what that contract is uh is paying him, and we know how the fans in Boston are; they're a lot like the fans in Philly. They're not going to let you fail in their city. They're not going to let you just take their money and kind of just run, kind of like what Kawhi Leonard is doing. So I think, you know, Jalen Brown is definitely, and and Jason Tatum at at this point, have a lot of pressure on them to, you know, deliver, especially in the playoffs. Um, You know, 
going to multiple conference finals, going to the championship and not having anything really to show for it uh, at this point, I think they have a lot of pressure on them. But I think that also perfectly takes us into number two, which is his teammate, uh, Jason Tatum. I mean, at this point, he's an MVP candidate almost year in and year out. I mean, what he, what he putting up over 30, a little over 30 points a game with almost, you know, nine rebounds and him being able to play make a little bit. I think he's, you know, solidified himself as one of the best players in the league. Um, and, you know, I think the only the only real flaw with him, again, is like the the playoff success. I mean, that's really the only thing that you have to, like, say about Jason Tatum is that he. He hasn't really come up big when his team has needed it the most in, you know, the biggest possible games. And that's kind of what you want out of your main number one guy. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, that one-two punch there in Boston's a real problem for the league. I think, you know, they, they're they going to be one of the best teams in the league, like, like, year in and year out, as long as they have those two guys. And like you mentioned, I mean, these top, these top five, top six, even top ten guys are everything you really want. In that, like you know, modern NBA wing, and both of these guys are the epitome of that. So I, I just think you know, the Celtics are gonna gonna be a good team, and you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at two and three, I think that's you know that's right where they fit in. Mm-hmm. And with Tatum, I know we saw and Jalen Brown, we saw some playoff inconsistencies this year, but the year before they made the finals, Jason Tatum was you know the front runner of that. Um, and then we've also seen like Jason Tatum just has these expectations unlike any other player at his age. Uh, as a rookie, he was drafted to a contending team at the number three pick. Um, he made it to a conference finals in his rookie season, and he's basically just been a playoff contributor since he's entered the league. So with like you, you take that into account, people expect him, they they look at him as he's older than he actually is. People need to remember, though, he is only 25 and he's still going to get better. And I think that the playoff consistencies are going to he's going to get more consistent as he gets older. And I mean, I think two's a really, really good spot for him right now. And I do see him taking over that number one spot when number one himself retires. LeBron James, LeBron James, the king, in my eyes, the greatest to ever play. Very great debate. I know we love talking about that, but uh, with LeBron James, I mean, he does it all as a basketball player. He can pass, he can shoot, he can drive, he can rebound. He can basically do it all at, with, at the highest level. Uh, I mean, there's really not much to be said about LeBron taking this number one spot. I think it's fairly obvious. I mean, as long as he's in the NBA, he's probably going to be the best or one of the best. Uh, I mean, Hirsch, what, what else do you have to add on to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I was doing, when I was coming up with my rendition of, you know, how I thought this list should go, um, you know, it was tough between Tatum and LeBron just based off of, you know, what I've seen from them in the past couple of seasons. But when I really came down to thinking about it, it, it was based on, you know, who would I rather have in a playoff series if it came down to it right now? And I think the easy answer is LeBron. I mean, even... Even when, I mean, I know they got swept and I I was rooting for them to lose in that series, but I mean, even him putting up 40 points in that last game, it it just shows, you know, that he, he's still here. He's still got it and he's not going anywhere. Um, I think, you know, those retirement rumors that he came out and you said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm coming back next year and we all knew he wasn't retiring. He's LeBron. He's going to keep going. 
wants to break records. He wants to make records that can't be broken. Um, and I mean, yeah, he's he's one of the greatest players ever to play. I think you know, there's a very very good argument that he's the greatest player ever to play. And like you mentioned, you know, I think as long as he's in the league, he's gonna be a top ten player and definitely one of the best players at his position in the league, no doubt. Absolutely. I think that's just, I mean, that's a pretty good way to put it with LeBron. I mean, as long as he's in the league, I mean, he's LeBron James, he's the King. And I mean, even in year 2021, he's still going to be doing what he does every year. Yeah. And what's, what's amazing about him is that just like his numbers have never really like, like dropped off. Like you can always, a year in year out, you can consistently expect 26 and a half points a game and seven rebounds and seven assists. I mean, he literally will fill it up every single year in every stat, and he's never stopped for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I just, it's one of the craziest like sports stories ever. Just the simple longevity of LeBron James. But uh, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Boxing Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Boxing6FFSN and on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman, he's Steven Dorf, and let's go Bucks!